What's up, Deuce fam? Welcome back to the Deuce Racing Podcast. This is now episode seven, and our guest today is Chef Derek Walker, an OG, another OG of the Deuce Gym community. He's been with Deuce since 2014, an LA native, purebred, has a super eclectic, interesting background. He got started in his career with modeling, went into culinary school from there, opened a couple restaurants, learned a lot of lessons, went through a lot of hardships, took a short uh, break away, and uh, and now is opening three new restaurants, has a docu-series coming out. Oh, by the way, he one chopped somewhere in there as well. And, you know, it's just, Derek has an incredible story. His attitude and his mindset is very much of always being a student of the game. There's always something to learn as he has been a coach um, to others in his field and in his space. He's so open to being coached by others as well, which is how he found fitness at Deuce. And some of the themes of this episode that are really fun and I think we can all relate to is the idea of opportunity is all around us and adopting this mindset that there's no choice but to say yes. So Derek said as we were wrapping up, he's like, I don't look at it as a burden. I look at it as an opportunity. And, you know, anytime someone says no to something, he's suspect to it. He says, oh, you don't want to go downtown and open up this rad place. Um, and so I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. I think you're going to relate to it in terms of there's always potential for growth. And are you willing to step forward with that? So if you tune in, please be sure to like, subscribe, write a review. We want to keep this baby growing. And thank you, as always, for tuning in. Okay, we're here with Derek Walker. And let's talk about last year was supposed to be your year. Yeah. Um, let's start there. Absolutely. Um, I was I was crushed. I was so bummed um, for so many personal reasons um, at, at the onset of COVID. Um, I just like, you know, signed uh, a deal to do a show that I've been working on. It's called Recipe for Change, and we could go into that a little bit more later. But um, I just signed that deal, and we were set to start production. Um, I had a, a new restaurant that we had finally gotten a final design concept on, and, you know, everybody had kind of agreed to it, and, like, we were ready to go. Um, and then um, COVID. And it just literally, you know, dashed everyone's like, you know, hopes and dreams. And especially for me. Um, and like, let's rewind for a second. So everyone, Derek is a chef. Okay. But also you wear a lot of hats and you're building a lot of things. And uh, you have been involved with Deuce since pretty much the beginning when the wall was still white and the wall was red and not all scraped up but we love it with its charm right now and so uh could you just back up a second and tell us um how you got into you know being a chef i know we were talking about before we started recording doing a lot of travel your influences that you uh you're born and raised in la you're la purebred all the way all the way and uh and yeah basically what you know you're like a Chef Octopus, you got your tentacles in a million different things. 
So yeah, how you how you came about to starting that and and what you're doing now and then? So I was I was born around the corner from Deuce, like literally on Ocean Park in Beverly, like literally a quarter mile. Literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my my mom my mom worked um, as a checker at at Lucky's, which is now Gelson's, you know. And my dad right up the street. My dad drove a bus out of Division Six, the old RTD, um, which for you know old school heads was on the corner of main street and Abbott Kinney, which back then actually Abbott Kinney was before it got named, mm-hmm. uh, was, was referred to as West Washington. So this is going way. You're back. an OG. Yeah. I'm from Virginia three years ago. So <laughs> wow. Okay. And so, um, yeah. And then, you know, I came full circle. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of modeling. Um, I, it, at 16, I got signed and I dropped out of high school. As soon as I saw like my first like big paycheck, I was like, okay, that's amazing. Who good. was that with? With LA Models. What? Yeah. And so um, I was actually selling shoes and um, a, a producer came in and she was like, hey, can I take some Polaroids of you? It's so classic. It's like mm-hmm. the typical LA story. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then like three weeks later I had like my first national commercial and then it was just kind of off to the races. I got signed and, and then here we go. You met them with your good looks and charm and height. How tall are you? I'm six foot four. Six four. Yeah. Wow. I'm like six four to 15 right now. And I think that's where my body likes to be. Yeah. Specimen. And we're going to talk about nutrition as well. We'll get into that. Yeah, and, for sure. uh, especially how just in the last seven months in the last year, how you've been in this game of, of fitness for a while now you know but my whole life but that um things really started changing recently when you you know changed up your nutrition but mm-hmm. let's go back to okay so you're you're modeling your professional model at 16 yeah so you know so this kind of runs its course you know um traveling partying all of that um you know intermittently getting like super homesick and coming back to la and getting in lots of trouble you know, I was a oh, man, I was such a troublemaker. And then, you know, just like calling my booker and being like, oh my God, you got to get me out of here. Like, get me on a plane. I'll go anywhere, you know, um, that kind of thing. I was like in this cycle for a long time yeah. as, a, as a young man. And um, yeah, so uh, eventually, you know, it, it just got to the point where I was like, you need to, you need to have something uh, a little bit more substantial. Um, and um, I had always been, attracted to cooking okay and so i remember i was in uh i was i was out of the country and i called my mom and i was like mom i i think i just want to come home and i think i'm gonna try to like you know go back to school and i just want to get a regular job and so for me that ended up looking like culinary school and after i went to culinary school i I, and where was that was that in la that was at uh, la trade tech downtown like the oldest culinary school in Los Angeles and, um, public. And, uh, I remember the first day in class, I, I, I just knew it. I was like, wow, you know what? I think I love this. I think this is going to work out for me. And, uh, I, I never left the kitchen. I mean, since then I've been a chef for 20 years. What was it that you loved about it? I loved the order and the structure, the hierarchy you know, the chain of command, the responsibility. Kind of know. like coming from like model, which is like job per job and maybe, you know, almost feeling like there's too much freedom maybe or you kind of. Like exactly. I, I was I was hungry for, for that structure. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And was it around that time or, you know, I'm sure as you were modeling, fitness was part of the conversation. But when did your relationship with fitness become 
maybe more regimented or, or was it always, you know, part it of it? It was always, uh, you know, I, I played, um, I played three sports. I played football, basketball, and volleyball. I lettered in all of those. I had always been, I was, I was actually first team all city volleyball, um, in my, uh, 11th grade year. And wow. yeah, so I, I was a pretty decent player and I've always You're been. You're taking a, me back to my high school days. And I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's a fun time. Yes. So, um, yeah, I've always, I've always been an athlete, always into fitness. Uh, I started running cross country and doing 10 Ks in a running club when I was 11 years old. And I think that that's where the kind of love of endurance, um, sports came in as well. So I've never stopped running. That's yes. always been something that I, I, I enjoy and I, and I do to this day. Yeah, just for everyone listening, sometimes you'll walk into Deuce and you'll be doing maybe open gym hours or something right. in the afternoon. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go run a 5K or like. Yeah, I that's just, my jam. I just ran four miles. I'm like, and now you're going to work out for two hours? Like, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, there's no better way for me to warm up than to go on like a, a decent little run. So it's kind of um, love at first run. It was love at first run. I understand that. And I, it's a lifelong thing. It, it never goes away, at least for me. It also sounds like you like challenges. And so there's something about the challenge of endurance running. You got to kind of sit with it and be patient with it. That has maybe seeped into everything that you do. Well, you know, it led me to triathlons, which is... And when did that start? Like, I feel like the, the ultimate expression of this, like, you know, journey I've been on with endurance, like training. And, yeah. yeah. Um, it started in 2011. Um, uh, you know, uh, I just got part of... I, I became part of a club that was training to do a sprint. Okay. Which is the shortest... Um, you know, uh, iteration of, of, a, a which triathlon. is still a lot. It's usually what, like 800 meter swim, 10 K bike or 5 K round, something like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I started to train with this group and we would go on bike rides together and I got better at that. And then I started, um, in a master's program swimming and they, you know, they would record me and coaches would break down because swimming is one of those things I've been surfing and in the water my whole life as yeah, well. Yeah, Timeout masters. Yeah, it's like a master's, um, it's what you call like old people that still but you're, swim. But you are not old. How old are you? <laughs> you are not old. I'm, I'm actually going to be 50 years old. That's insane. This, yeah. You're the youngest looking 50 year old yeah. that I know. Oh, well, thank you. That's insane. Guys, we'll pull up the footage. I say this every episode. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So, so you, you did the sprint. That was in LA, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, I did, I did the sprint. And then, and, you know, it, it was just like I fell in love with it. And, and one triathlon just led to another, led to another. And now I've done 17, including an Ironman and two half Ironmans. And you have a tattoo. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you got to do that. If you you got to do that. All right. Someday. Someday I'll, I'll earn that street cred. Okay. And, so, so I have another one uh, uh, booked in which COVID, again, just, just mm-hmm. you know, destroyed triathlons i mean just they weren't happening and so we finally got a date september 25th i'm doing an olympic in malibu and it's awesome to have a date because that's kind of what guides your training Mm -hmm. structure everything leads up to that day yes it's like there's the mark on the target and okay now this thing is real versus this arbitrary goal of i did a pretty good job of staying in shape during covid meaning that i was swimming twice a week i was getting on my bike at least once a week um but it's just it's it's awesome to have a date 
Yeah. Because then, then you can like, I mean, I've already like, you know, scheduled, you know, my so entire training regimen. So this will be number 18. This will be 17. This will be yeah. 17. Yeah. That's, wow. Okay. So let's, uh, as this path of triathlon, and it sounds like you were an athlete at a young age. You just, mm-hmm. it's, it's in you. You love it, but you've also continued to commit to it and keep competing. So you become a chef. You leave modeling. Yeah. You become a chef. Your mom's probably happy because you're back in LA. She's stoked. And what's the first step out of culinary school? First step out of culinary school, uh, actually, I started working while I was still in culinary school. And I got okay. a job uh, with a chef. Her name's Jenny Cook. And uh, she had this awesome little place in downtown Culver. And um, I just jumped in, you know. And I, and I remember you know, telling her like, Hey, you know, I think I, I, I think I got the chops to like run the hotline for dinner service. Right. And I'd only mm-hmm. been there like three months. I, <laughs> I, I was in my first year of culinary school. And I remember, um, she let me do like a Sunday and I got crushed. And I explain, crushed. explain what that's like when you say the hotline and a Sunday. And for those of us who aren't, you well, know. I was doing okay on two tops and four tops, but, you know, two people. Okay, <laughs> and, okay. And maybe four. And then this, like, party of 13 came in. And, um, yeah, I think, <sighs> honestly, I think some people got their food, like, 45 minutes before, like, other people at the table. <laughs> it was as bad as it could be. And anybody, we call that, like, in the weeds. And, and anybody who's worked, you know, in a kitchen uh, knows that feeling. It's just, like, drowning, you know. Mm-hmm. And so... But you um, were able to get those real, real reps, real experience. And, well, that's what it's all about. I mean, being a chef, being in the kitchen, I, I mean, it's just repetitions, like you said. I mean, it's like you got to pay your dues. You got to go through it. Um, and, you know, you just get better. You just, it, it's, it's, it's so subtle. It's hard to describe like, okay, this person's really good because of this, you know. It's just a myriad of things. It's like thousands of little things that you just know now and you didn't before. Right. So what I'm hearing though is like two things here. One is that by now you're already bought into this endurance game. It's Mm -hmm. not like one and done with anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is going to be slow, long, probably uncomfortable. I'm here for it. I'm here to train for this. But also this fire in your voice of like, man, I, I bombed it. Like mm-hmm. and and that lit something up in you to correct it quickly versus you know maybe let it go and and has contributed towards why you were able to move forward from there you know and I've and, always been motivated by failure yeah failure is like your greatest teacher. So right? what was the next step after that? You're in Culver City. I just, I just you know went on to work at some um, fine dining restaurants for about six years. Um, uh, and I, I just kind of moved up, you know, the ladder. I worked with some really great chefs and we were making some amazing food. Um, it was, it was stressful. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the greatest job. What's, honestly. what's that like for, it, in terms of like your character of you come from this modeling I think, background. I think it's it's like, really hard to manage the expectations of not only your coworkers, but your, your, your customers when you're mm-hmm. in fine dining, full mm-hmm. service. The expectations are, are kind of insane. And so the pressure is always there and the hours are always long and everybody's under a lot of stress. And I know for me, after those six years, that was my trajectory, right? Like I wanted to like, you know, be a fancy, like, you know, 
fine dining chef. I mean, that's that's what I wanted to be. Like it didn't that was burn my dream. Out. Like I was going to be the executive chef of a five star restaurant. Right. Yes. That's where I was going. And then I got totally burned out, and I literally quit. And you know where I went? I was going to ask if you ended up burning out because I did, and yeah. and I was like, you know what? I think I hate cooking now, um, because the environment was so crazy. Um, like I just couldn't take it and I, and I, and I quit and I went and I, I got a job at the gym. I went and got a job at Equinox as like a level one trainer. What? No one knows the story. I know. It's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. So, and, and then I Equinox in LA. Yeah. In West Hollywood, like the, the original one. And, um, yeah, it was beautiful. Right. I was like, Oh my God, this is nicest gym ever. And I'm just going to go hang out at the gym. And that's exactly what I did. I like trained like, you know, like folks, I taught them how to like, you know, do cardio boxing and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and, and then I would like, you know, work shifts at the spa and like, you know, man the spa desk at night. And, and I just like basically hid in the gym and I, that's where I was every day. And, and how did, how long did that last? It though? lasted for like, it, it, it was so weird. It lasted for like a year. And one of my coworkers um, was talking to me one day and, and she was like, you know what? I think you better get out of here and go back to the kitchen. Because she's like, every time that you talk about food, your eyes light up, mm-hmm. you know, your smile turns on, your energy, you know, is undeniable. She's like, she's like, Derek, you know, we love you here, but like, maybe you should go back to the kitchen. Yeah. And, um, and I did, it was, it was the strangest thing. I think it was, it was absolute fate. It was meant to be. I was, um, I was hanging out at the gym one night and I was on the computer just like searching like, you know, kitchen jobs and different chef opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I saw um, the St. Joseph Center, which is this amazing nonprofit in right right around the corner from Deuce. Um, but that's the first thing that you found coming out of it is this little hiatus. Wow. Okay. It is. Okay. This yeah. is cool. Okay. So talk about this. And so I was like, hmm, St. Joseph Center. I was like, where is this? And I was like, what? Like Rose and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's literally like you know my stomping grounds. Like that's my parents' favorite restaurant was was uh, uh Casablanca and, and say, La Cabana okay. mm-hmm. but La Cabana when it was new like when La Cabana was a new restaurant in like the late 60s that's literally where I, I me and my brother used to run around you know down rows we used to go to that um old uh, uh electric guitar shop um and uh I mean the corner looked completely different I think it was like a Zodies or something back then and like but you know, crazy for context anyone who isn't at Deuce and uh or, or doesn't live here it's like what Derek, where Derek is describing is literally up one block from where Deuce it's is. One du- it's literally one, one block, block from up. Deuce, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so, um, and I, I, and I, so literally coming out of that hiatus, here I am coming to, you know, apply. They were looking for a head chef to um, run the Bread and Roses Cafe, which is this awesome place that, like, you know, feeds homeless and, like, underemployed and unemployed and poor families um in like this really you know a dignified like cafe setting not like a soup kitchen right Ah. where we have a personal relationship with each client and they are assigned case management and you know it's 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 holistic you know yeah and um yeah and and i you know got to like bring all of this fine dining experience to this setting and we honestly we made some of the raddest food and i was so i was at the helm of the of the food services at the St. Joseph Center for 10 years wow yeah and i remember going in and getting the job 
and just being like, oh my God, like I'm literally right back where I started. And like, this was so meant to be. And I'm working with a population that I knew really well because, you know, just growing up like, you know, in Venice and, you know, uh, Ocean Park, a lot of my friends' parents struggled with um, addiction and homelessness and the whole trailer scene and all of that. You're I like, mean, and I've been here the whole time. Right. And, and it's meaningful. It was super meaningful Because you were part me. of the community and doing something that you loved but had spent a little bit of time away. Sounds like fitness was always kind of like an anchor. You know, so it was there for you. The gym was there for you. But this was, this is your almost vocation. Honestly, fitness has always been my safe place. That, uh, you know, I've been, you know, so a couple years ago, I opened um, my first restaurant and that's kind of jumping ahead. Um, But that was one of the most, and anybody who's done it obviously understands. It was like literally one of like the biggest beat downs of my life you know but like, i was gonna say chronologically this is where we're going though from here right. of into okay now what's the the next higher expression or operating at your edge and it was your first restaurant and sure. so what was the name of that and where is that the mar vista the mar vista yeah the mar we've vista. had some deuce parties there yeah we have <laughs> yeah so i started like big right like it was crazy I'm too big you know in retrospect it was uh, should have should have off it should have opened softer and been smaller <laughs> I think, you know, uh, is what I take away from that amongst a, lo- amongst a lot of other things. So after 10 years at St. Joseph Center and, uh, you know, just reaching out, like I ended up going on Chopped and I won, you know, the, the Chopped deal on, on Food Network. And what was that like? Uh, that was... And, and when I say what was that like, how did that, if in any way, change or expand your relationship with cooking or even how you... Um show up in 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 your space well in your field i mean it was incredibly stressful and it's certainly i knew after despite having won i knew after that experience like i never wanted to go on a competition show ever again <laughs> i was like if i ever go back on tv i will definitely like be the host or something i'll be narrating it like you know which um, i won't be you know, a competitor sprinkling bread cl- bread crumbs for your docu-series but i'm hearing two things now that were themes of like one when you were working on the line or you you were working for six years yeah. when you first got going mm-hmm. the stress of it was like but but this like i gotta come back and like still do it but just in a different way you know and then same thing with being on tv yeah and then but you have a docu-series you've been working on for four years and it's like you're coming back to that so you're going to be back on tv correct but on different terms but on different terms so this like again this endurance staying in the game i just i want to highlight that Mm -hmm. i think this is what's really cool about your story and it's across um platforms i i I think you know i don't i don't uh you know, I'm not I'm not sad about going on, um, you know, Food Network or having that experience. Um, I think I'm it not kind of, sad about winning. It, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it kind of it kind of propelled me in my career. It, it became like this this uh, pretty significant story. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you know, local chef that like you know makes gourmet food for the homeless goes to New York and wins chopped, and yeah. like, and and then that kind of snowballed, and that yeah. led ultimately to me opening my own restaurant and um, what was your winning dish do you remember oh uh, well i mean the way that show works it's like three different rounds mystery ingredients so yes. it was yeah do it you was, know what the mystery what do you remember what it was oh yeah i mean i had some really bad stuff i mean like like canned like uh, chicken soup uh, and yeah um made it gourmet yeah somehow 
we did it. All right, so the Mar Vista, it opens. You say, you know, and I'm sorry if anybody hears the leaf blowers outside, but that's okay. Welcome to Venice. There's always something going on. Um, okay, so the Mar Vista, and you said maybe you opened too big too soon. Well, you did it anyway, though. It was and, a huge opening. And we, what type of we, cuisine? And where is that? We LA? were calling it Progressive Angelino, and it was. I think it was a, basically my style and my partner's style, which is... A lot of a lot of uh, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, um, Asian, like all of the you know. Really, it was about it, Progressive Angelino was was about celebrating the food culture in Los Angeles specifically, and the things that Los Angeles are really really good at, really strong. Um, and we do have a very unique blend of cultural food that's pretty specific to Los Angeles. So you're talking about like Oaxacan, Armenian, Korean. These are like the pillars of, you know, our cultural and you influences know, here born in and LA. Raised, right. Yeah. It's just like when you go to any other city, you go to Chicago, you know, you get a lot of different influences. You know, there's like the Polish neighborhood and the Germans and the, you know, it's like that mix is that mix. And we have a very specific mix in Los You're Angeles. You're fluent in that in, in Los Angeles. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when was it that you kind of felt like you could breathe again with the Mar Vista? How long did that take? <laughs> um, <laughs> You're it, like, I'm still not breathing. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was not only did I open that, but I subsequently, uh, very quickly thereafter, six months into it, I opened another one, which is like a, a the grab and go, which was directly across the street, which was like, you know, um, uh, a fast casual, you know, deli counter kind of you know, concept. Yes. And so we were trying to run both of them simultaneously. And, um, you know, uh, we, I, you know, I personally struggled, you know, uh, like once you get, I, I won't go into all the specifics, but once you get behind the eight ball, mm -hmm. um, and you're working 90, a hundred hours a week and you can't get out, you know, yes, you, you can't get your head above water and you feel, you feel absolutely trapped. That's kind of, that's what, where I ended up. And so it, during that time, you would see me come to Deuce mm. and literally, literally that was like my solace, like, and nobody got it. Like, I was like, you know, this class means more to me <laughs> right now because I would literally come and, 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 you know, do a GPP and then literally run right back to the restaurant. And what year was I would was be this at the same? restaurant, leave, say, I got to go to Deuce. This was like three years ago. This was in, this was the worst of it was like 18 and 19. It was just, yeah. So, you know, you, you struggle with labor, you know, labor yeah. and labor costs. And then you're like, well, I got to pay my people. And then you're like, oh, I can't pay the, the meat guy. I can't pay the fish guy, you know? Yeah. And you get, you get in this, this, this situation and then you start trying to like, you know, Superman your way out of it. And you start like, you know, trying to do Trial and every, error. Every trial job and error. there is, you know. Yes. Yeah. So and it just gets worse until it gets better. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it does get better, and so you had this consistency of training at Deuce, and uh, when did things pivot with your restaurants? And you you have a third restaurant as well. Correct. And you're opening more restaurants yeah we're building we're 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 so in the when middle you, of construction yeah. downtown when do you reach the level of i'm in over my head not mm -hmm. gonna make it into oh i'm okay now and maybe i can breathe a little bit more when i'm in my safe space and at deuce i you know i basically i i needed to step away from the business um and you know just reboot 
Um, so just and, like, and, and I, I needed to step was away that from COVID? it. Um, it, it was actually, it was just before COVID. Okay. Yeah. I ended up like stepping away from the Mar Vista and, um, that allowed me, I think I needed that time to really do a full, honest inventory of, you know, my experiences, what I'd just gone through and the mistakes and, and, and things that I had learned and things that I could change and build upon. Yeah. And, and that time was, was super important for me, very significant. And that allowed me to go back and to figure out the grab and go once and for all and nail down that, that concept and how we operate. And, and that was COVID COVID forced us to become, um, more efficient, um, yeah. tighter as a team to, um, you know, we shortened the hours. Um, we, it, we worked really hard to increase our online, you know, presence, mm -hmm. um, which ended up being something that we should have been doing anyway, but this forced us to, For and, sure. and now, you know, as we're coming out of COVID, you're kind of seeing a convergence of like some of our old regular, you know, walk-up type, you know, regular uh, business converging with our new, you know, really strong online presence. Yeah. And now it's pretty rad. And so you, you figure some things out. You're like, well, wow, why didn't I cut the hours before? You know, like if you look at sales per hour, it's like, oh, those two hours were never really worthwhile, you know, to be open. And so, you know, some of these changes, and I think that it was like that for everybody. I think of so many industries and so many professions um, ended up, you know, pivoting during and, you know, because they needed to during COVID. And I'm not sure that, you know, they're ever going to go back. I think we all learned a lot of important yeah. lessons about, um, about, you know, what our customers really want and what they really need. Um, but you were also willing to change and you were willing to stay in the game. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the wherewithal to say, I'm going to step back just like you did, you know, after six years in, in the restaurants, mm -hmm. you're like, I'm going to go to the gym for a year. Right. You know, there's almost in a way is like this really admirable. I trust my craft. I love this thing, but I more is not better right now. Mm -hmm. Like I need. So I'm hearing this discipline as well that uh, that comes up when you're you're training consistently, but also when you know how to pull back. Correct. So how do you how do you balance that then? I you know, and I'm curious for business as well as like with training. What have you learned over the years of when to push and when to pull back? Like what what are those indicator signs, as subjective as they are to you? Well, it's it's such it's such a relief um, to feel like you figured something out, and then you know you're. I think that's go time, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's my time in my life right now. Like ride the wave. Let's yeah, go. Absolutely. Like yes. I've, I've, you know, I've figured out, you know, how to run my business more efficiently. Um, I figured out how to take care of my, my physical self, you know, um, if for the last seven months I've been working with, um, Sarah Gerber, who is another yes. long time. Oh, yeah. And tell us about that. Yeah. So Sarah Gerber nutrition, um, I, I signed up with her seven months ago. Um, and it's like, a game changer honestly i was one of those like you know knuckleheads that always felt like i can eat whatever i want because you have no idea how hard i train right and that shit worked i mean pardon my french that mm -hmm. that worked w in my 20s mm -hmm. right maybe 
but I, I mean, honestly, it wasn't even really working then. I mean, it, it never works like that. You know, at least 75% of everything that's going on with you is your diet. No doubt. But you and don't so, know until you know and you I try know, something different. But I wish yeah. I, you know, and I, so I, I got a coach, mm-hmm. you know, guess what? Coach, coaches work, right? <laughs> you heard it here, everyone. And the and, accountability and I have structure. lost, I've not only have I lost about 15 pounds, it wasn't for me about, you know, a particular number of weight mm-hmm. loss pounds or whatever, but I've also changed uh, my body composition and I've lost body fat. I remember this is what I said to Sarah like back like last. And this season. is decades into training. Decades into training, right? And you think like, okay, like you've plateaued and you can't change. No. Forget about it. Yeah, you can't. But you're forever a student. Absolutely. You're willing to change. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, and and, and uh, I this is what I told I, I told Sarah. I was like, dude, I just you know I, I work out like a beast. You know, I'm I'm biking, I'm swimming, I'm running, I'm lifting, I'm you know doing all this stuff and like, you know, my body's not changing. Mm-hmm. And so we started with like a, a, um, a food log, you know, and I just went over like three days of my eating and I turned it into her and like right off the bat, she's like, dude, you're not even eating enough. She's like, you're not eating enough. And I was like, what, what? So, you know, there's all that. And so, you're telling me I can eat more. Right. Yeah. 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 She's like, dude, you're not eating enough protein. You're not eating enough. You know, um, you know, you're you're starving yourself, and then you're like saving up for these huge, like you know, cheat meals mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so, there's some really basic principles that me and Sarah, you know, work with on on a daily basis, and that's that half of your plate has to be vegetables, right? Mm-hmm. And that you should be hitting your protein goals, right? So thereabouts, like you know, per, you know, a gram per body pound of body weight, right? yes. So, you know, that's really simple. And like, like just starting with that, as simple as that sounds like, okay, I got to hit my protein and half of every single meal, no matter what it is, has to be vegetables. So even if it's a fat burger on the other side, then the other half has to be vegetables. Totally. That's it. And it's that simple. You're like, it is that simple, but it's these like necessary bumpers for your life. And nothing. And the other big thing is that nothing's off limits, right? Because when you take something you make it, it off limit you crave it right mm-hmm. so it's just like you know it's not that i can't have pizza it's not that i can't have a burger i can just have one slice of pizza or i can just have one burger not three you mm-hmm. know what i mean and the other half of my plate is veggies and yeah. there you go boom and it has literally changed everything i feel different i mean inside and out and i you know i look pretty good pull up the footage yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that's incredible so yeah, so there's this commitment to training, now nutrition, uh, knowing when it sounds like you trust your intuition when you're curious about something enough to like, or you're frustrated enough, mm-hmm. like the business, we got to get mm-hmm. this right, or COVID, whether that's external or internal, you take action versus just kind of thinking about it. So when it comes to business, though, you know, it's you're telling me before we started, and I want you to share with everyone, it sounds like foot is on the gas again. Mm-hmm. We got more restaurants coming. Yeah. So right when you finally kind of, I don't want to say figure it out, but but get to a, a place of this thing is running itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm not putting work into, but we've reached this level of efficiency and like it's, it's firing. Great. Let's add more plates to spin. Right. And so what does that look well, like now? And I, how do you trust that you can add more? I think that once you have success, you feel like you can duplicate it. And then, you know, my other 
thing that um, I've realized is how important the team is, you know, the, the, the community, the group um, to your success. It's the people that you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. you know, um, I wouldn't have any of these opportunities if it wasn't for, and this, this includes my, you know, my TV show, the deal that we just signed. I couldn't do that without, you know, an amazing partner. Um, I wouldn't be able to, you know, branch out to downtown without like some amazing, you know, team members um, mm-hmm. that, that are helping me drive this project. And again, I wouldn't have the freedom if my existing team at my restaurant was so amazing. You know, if they weren't like if they weren't so well trained and so invested in into the process, like I, I wouldn't be able to get out of there to even, you know, do these other things. Mm-hmm. So. And if, you know, if I didn't have a nutrition coach, then I would still be sucking, you know what I mean? And if I didn't have, you know, you guys at, at Deuce, you know, I still wouldn't know how to do a back squat. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's the team. It like literally takes a village to like keep one middle-aged man uh, on track. But I think, I think you, you seek that out too. I do. I seek it out. I saw it, you know, absolutely. Like, you know, like you said, when, when you're frustrated, um, enough with a process when you, when you're, you're starting to feel insane, you, you know, you're expecting a different result, but you're doing the same thing. Um, you know, I've always reached out and, uh, you know, asked for assistance, whether, you know, that be through, you know, my, my legal counsel, whether it's my therapist, whether it's my, you know, my, my, my coach, it takes a village. Yeah. And then like, that's so important. And, And I think that's the, the big lesson for me and, and, it's something that I replicate. I've seen myself do this time and time and time throughout my life. And I think that once I got kind of perpetuates itself and that's how these dominoes keep falling. I think, I think it, you know, everybody's prideful. Everybody thinks that they, you know, that they can do it themselves and they know what they're talking about. I I was hoping you would go here. Once you break that cycle, it's easy to reach out and say, Hey, you know what? I'm really having a hard time with this. I don't think I'm doing it right. Can you help me? Yes. You learn more. It's more fulfilling. And then you continue to grow. It doesn't like, oh, this is too hard. I can't do it. It's like you just grow and your capacity. And it's a habit. It's a habit that you build of either being you know, reticent to reach out or of like a habit of isolation. Mm-hmm. You can go in either direction and either one can become a habit. I like that you, you're bringing this up because, you know, embedded in the culture of Deuce and why people come to train at Deuce is like people come to be coached. You know, you can rent gym equipment and pay for a membership somewhere else where you're basically paying to use the equipment, but you're paying to be coached here. And that might mean it's harder initially because there's points of performance and there are standards that we're setting and you're seen and it's vulnerable and there's hard things, but also you stay in the game long enough that was one of the first things that i noticed was so different about deuce when i first got there i was like yeah like this is like you know there's a standard to hold you know not to Mm -hmm. be cliche and and you're being coached and and you know there's a certain respect for the process yes that that everyone brings and it's fed into and, and the if rest you don't, of your life. And if you don't, then Deuce isn't for you. Yeah. You just kind of eliminate yourself. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. So what's going on now in terms of construction for, 
you know, the empire that you're, you're building. So it's, it's an amazing uh, concept. It's called the Art Room, and it's um, it's an 8,000-square-foot facility. One-third of the building is ha- houses architects and designers, um, so offices, um, you know, reception areas, conference rooms, et cetera. The center portion of the building is an art gallery, like a beautiful, like open air, you know, natural lit art gallery. Wow. And then separated with these like 20 foot um, glass sliding doors, like is the restaurant. So aesthetically, this is just beautiful. It's beautiful. And and those doors from the restaurant open up into the gallery space where we're going to be doing private dining, you Mm. know, and obviously catering all of the openings and whatnot. And then the other third of the building is all restaurant, uh, full bar, uh, you know, it's uh, got a, a full coffee service. Uh, we'll be right there. Deli case. And, and really cool, it's like all indoor-outdoor. Because COVID really gave us a chance to catch ourselves and redesign for, you know, the new environment and the yeah. new reality. Yeah. So it, in a way, it was a blessing. Because we were, we were about to start building, you know, the old version which yeah. would have sucked, you know? And so, you know, the COVID gave us right that on. time, right, to like kind of completely redesign the place. So now the vast majority of the seating is all outdoor. Um, it's like got this awesome like front patio area. And we got the weather for it. And we got the weather for it. So it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful concept, beautiful project. I'm super stoked. Uh, we're looking to be opening in December. Wow. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're going. Well, Deuce Holiday Party will be no, um, and there's two others as well. And there's two others, right? So there's uh, there's another project uh, right behind that that's called the Showroom, which is like a live performance venue. Really interesting. I'll also be doing the kitchen there. Um, it's a different concept uh, called uh, well, I won't even get into the concept, but <laughs> it's a different dining concept. Um, it's, it's its own baby. Yeah, it's its own baby. It's it's uh, awesome food that like you would want to eat in a theater setting, you know, while you're watching something, and, and ah. you know you don't want to be distracted by the food. It's a really cool service concept, like as well. me eating an apple in a movie theater, which I am that person. Right. It's been a while, but yeah, okay. Anyway, well, we actually have a solution for that. That we've thought about that dried fruit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you are familiar with like the 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 silent disco kind of stuff, you know? No. Yeah, so basically, if, if... Or is that on the beach when people have the headphones on and they're all... One, I'll, I'll let in, I'll tell you about one cool concept about the, the performance space is that, like, say that's your favorite artist mm-hmm. and you're really into listening to the music, there's a way for you to listen in and, and tune out all the ambient noise, right? Ah. Yeah. So you're, really like, cool. catering to the individual experience, but collectively... And you're... if you don't like that guy and you want to talk to your friends, then you, you can that's talk to your That's fine, too. Yeah, totally, Right. Finally, transcend you're not competing. all these options. Yes. You're not competing in a live performance venue. That is every extrovert and introvert's dream right? that you can like deliver to It's both. really yes. neat. And then we are doing another um, standalone grab and go in downtown Culver. Okay. So another build out here on the west side. It's going to be at Ivy Station, uh, which is that really cool place that just finished up uh, right under the train tracks um, there. Uh, national in Washington really really cool I love that little area uh, lots going on there so we will be moving in there and um, it's going to be uh, a grab and go exactly the same menu people love 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 our menu um, but we'll also have beer and wine and like a and a nice little patio over there as well so. I'm hearing for all of these things as well and 
kind of like the the next iterations of of your restaurants right like as they're like growing this fleet that uh you know it just sounds like you've never been interested in just replicating the same thing it's always what can i learn what's relevant now integrating more things versus making the experience like smaller you're inviting in art architecture you know you're inside it's outside Mm -hmm. um really cool thank you so i also want to know uh a little bit more about this docuseries this right. recipe for change. Recipe for change. Because um, basically, it, if every other bite in LA is now your food, if people aren't <laughs> eating it, they're sooner than later they're gonna see you doing this so thing the, on the TV. show. The show, the concept for the show, it's basically it's basically it's loosely based on uh, what I did for ten years at the St. Joseph Center, running the culinary training program, uh, where I trained over. So I was a coach as well for many years, and I feel like that's still my management style. That's how I approach, you know, correcting something that's happening in the restaurant. Yeah. You know, I want my employee to feel like I'm coaching them up and I'm investing in them, you know, because it's making them better. And but I, I and think I, that's another really cool and admirable part of your story. And what I meant to include as well with the restaurants of, you know, it's like you're you're invested in your people. Yeah, so absolutely. it's growing beyond just you. You're growing communities. Absolutely. And that, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of throughout my career. Um, like I said, I graduated 1,200 culinary students over those 10 years. And um, I, I know so many of them still. Um, I, you know, I communicate with them. I, I, I employ many of them still to this day, which wow. is crazy. Uh, I think I, I had like eight or nine at one time on staff um, at the Mar Vista. All these um, things are just feeding each other. Correct. You've yeah. developed an entire ecosystem now. And that's basically what the show is. Um, you know, it's each, it's it's folks that have had, you know, multiple challenges, you know, throughout their life, whether it be addiction, incarceration, um, you know, um, homelessness, you name it. And these are the, the folks that we'll, we'll be focusing on. So each episode will basically focus on one of the students. So it's kind of like a classroom setting, right? Um, or more of like a therapeutic, like cooking circle, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each episode, you get a little bit of the backstory of, of the individual. And then they are asked to step up their game to meet some challenge in the kitchen. We come back together as a class to support that individual. Wow, I and, like that structure. Right? Mm-hmm. And then... And then, you know, hopefully they, they get it done. And um, hopefully it's a very like, you know, kumbaya kind of like. Yeah, like the viewers, I, I can already imagine how everybody would just be invested. invested. Like, do you want to cheer this person right. on? Yeah. That's what the show is yeah. all about. Yeah. And um, Wow. And, and sh- where will and that change. be playing? Um, well, uh, again, so we just signed the development deal with the production company. So, okay. right. So now we're fleshing out the show. We're starting to shoot B-roll, like interview stuff with me, kind of like why, mm-hmm. my why for the whole thing. So we're getting all that. And, and so we're, like I said, we're still, I, I just started working with the casting, um, and the concept guy. So basically, you know, um, once we have a really good product, then, you know, hopefully it'll be on Netflix or Hulu or, you know, USA or, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. So that's, that remains to be seen. We're just in the production phase, development phase of the show. And then, you know, hopefully, but I mean, 
I pitched this show to the CEO of All Three Media, and he freaking loved it. And that's like that's amazing. And yeah, because you're saying they some of the other work that they've already done, like Gordon Ramsay. And- correct. They're responsible for every show he's ever done. Yeah, for instance, if, if that's any indication of casual. Right. Yeah. So They're wow, time. a lot of exciting stuff. Okay, so here's last thing curious about and I and I ask everybody this on the show and maybe you already know the question that's coming but um you got, you got a lot of plates spinning and I'm curious you know if your story that you've shared with us this, this abbreviated version of the story is any indication you're just continually like evolving and also producing more and so I'm curious, like, what drives you when you wake up in the morning rather than being complacent or being like, yep, yeah, we've done well. I'm just going to kind of coast now. What is it in you that keeps you showing up to just build and build and build, keep learning? I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I would know what to do with myself, like if I, if I wasn't you know, always mm-hmm. moving and building. I, I, I feel like it's always... You have this inner drive. It, it's always it's always um, taking care of me, you know? I, I, I don't think... I, I don't know. I, I don't... I just don't think that... Um, like sitting back isn't an option is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. I mean, again, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I don't think... Um, I'm busy and I, I, I like being busy and I like, um, I like helping, um, other people and I like, you know, um, coaching them and, and, you know, um, I like building community as, as you stated. And, um, um, I like being not only inspired, but hopefully an inspiration to other people. Yeah. And I think, I think that's probably what's at the root of it. You know, like, yes, that's what's getting me up. Every Your day. purpose is very clear. Yeah. And it just, it propels you. And it's fun. You know, it's fun to work. It's fun to, yes, to, um, push yourself. It's I think that's important to, to share learn. also. It's really fun to learn, you know, to stay, to be that lifelong student, to keep learning, to keep reaching out, to keep asking. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, anything that you want to add? Um, no, I mean, just that, uh, I love being part of the, the Deuce community. I love representing, you know, everything that, that we're about. Well, we love you representing. We're all going to be eating your food soon. Awesome. Well, you don't have to wait. You know, we're right, we're right, we're about a mile away. Come by the, uh, the Mar Vista grab and go, the MV grab and go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of the, uh, the members here at Deuce have, have tried the tacos. They're pretty insane. Um, yeah, pretty, very, yeah. very good. So Derek, thank you so much for joining today and, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Derek is a badass. Again, every other bite in LA is this man's food. So get on it, join us and thank you for listening. Thank you.